Hello, my name is Hunter Bearden, and I'm a young conservative whose eyes were opened by the man we know as Mr. President Donald J. Trump. For four years, I have watched the Democrats and the media destroy every principle they used to stand for and claim to still stand for. They preach tolerance and love, but the second you're not on their side, they come for you. The very people who claim Donald Trump is a racist say things like, you're not black. Or, are you doing cocaine? Millions of people just like me have watched this happen for four years. I've decided to fight back against the narrative, which is why I've started this podcast. Welcome to My Right Point of View. Alright, good evening my fellow Americans. Uh, thank you for joining in on our first episode here at My Right Point of View. Um, it's a brand new podcast I started up, just hoping to just ease my mind and get some opinionated remarks about politics and other type of stuff, present issues going around on the country, and maybe springing in a little sports. Uh, but, you know, before I get into all of what we're going to cover tonight, um, first and foremost, just gotta say, um, I want to mourn the death of the lamestream media tonight, uh, just take a moment to think about all the bad times, you know, they demonize people like you and me, um, Trump supporters, I mean, (laughs) and, uh, they're dying a slow financial death, their viewerships are going down, which means no one's sponsoring on their shows, which means they're losing a, you know, shit ton of money, sorry mama, um, and I'm glad to see it, so, just thought I'd share that with you there. Uh, and maybe that'll open the door up for some alternative media, which I don't even know if you have to call it alternative media nowadays, because they're getting more views than a lot of the mainstream, as we like to call it, media is getting. Well, the first thing we got to get to after that is, uh, the election fraud. Um, how they're stealing it from Donald Trump for the past week it looks like how all these battleground states have lawsuits have been brought up by the trump campaign this that and the other in every battleground state it's questionable everywhere the little the theatrics they're all doing you know we're gonna delay votes counting the votes here we're gonna we're gonna pause take the day off tomorrow like i'm these i mean i know i'm young but Good night. This stuff has never been seen as I, as I hear in politics before. Like, what is going on with some of these states that are most, for the most part, Democrat run? I don't like to play party party rules here, but uh, kind of kind of obvious to see that what's going on here. Um, it's happening all throughout the battleground states. Like I said, Pennsylvania being one of these really off the wall, uh election type states where they have a huge history of election fraud and in their cities like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and stuff like that they have huge election fraud and huge history of it you know years and years of past elections I believe their last um I can't remember his name I think he was a senator maybe it was there was a whole big thing with how they couldn't count the votes and he he found out a week later because a glitch had happened or something went wrong, and he had actually conceded to his opponent, who his opponent thought he won. Well, I mean, the glitch came back and they gave it to him, but you know, after that they had to look at it again. So of course, you know, but they don't want us to. They don't want Donald Trump to do that because you know, there'd be too much to uncover there. Uh, in Pennsylvania, they have a an unconstitutional rule law. I don't. You can't really call it a law because it wasn't really passed by the state legislature. So we're just gonna call it a rule, a little guideline the governor gave out, um, basically telling election officials to you know screw the the legislature, screw what they say. We don't care. We're not gonna get it passed through them. We're gonna take votes whenever we whenever we want. You know. We're not going to have a deadline. If you want to submit your ballot for, you know, most likely Joe Biden a week after the election, ah, have at it. We don't really care. Um, especially in an election where there's so much mail-in ballots, y- you can't do that. You can't do it just because people are going to wait. They're going to say, hey, I don't have to do it until election day anyway. I'll just hand it in. On election day and they get counted, who cares? Because that, that, that holds no responsibility. Their votes 
their votes shouldn't be counted because they can't. They obviously don't take it as serious enough. Um, and you have to have a deadline, and whether their votes should be counted is out of the question. Because I mean, if you didn't pass a law, it doesn't matter. It's not going to count anyway, in my opinion. Um, so the Pennsylvania governor, um, and I believe the secretary of state of Pennsylvania passed a uh, or set a rule in place to where they're gonna allow election officials to count ballots three days after election day. So this was this past Friday they allowed ballots. Well, Justice Alito looked at the case that the Trump team brought forward. He looked at it, and he said, hey, this is an unconstitutional rule. You didn't go through the legislature. Um, Separate those ballots. We're going to separate those ballots that came in after Election Day because there's a chance they're unconstitutional ballots, which would make them invalid, and uh, the courts would have to decide what to do with them at that point, um, what measures would need to be taken to deal with that situation if we if we get to that um so he gave that simply because they didn't go to the state legislature to get that law passed they thought it would be easier of course to just make the law rule themselves and then of course the st- there's a state uh state justice i want to say it was in Pittsburgh that said hey basically you can make up your own rules i don't care about the law don't care about the Constitution. You can make up your own rules. So, in my opinion, that judge is obviously a partisan hack. Has no standing or respect in in my in the law. So he gave them. He told them to separate them ballots, and I guess we'll revisit that after at a certain date when the court case comes up. And in my opinion, they should. Kind of not count the ballots. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta sit there and say, "Hey, we can't just allow people to make rules without going through the proper proceedings, and then follow those rules if the if the proceedings they took are unconstitutional. That would declare that vote unconstitutional, which it's a, it's a sticky situation all around. But it's it's pretty obvious how it should go. I'm not gonna say. It will go that way, but I'm saying it's pretty obvious it should go that way. So we have those those situations where the court got involved, where it was saying separate the ballots. But we also have the 600-plus ballots where Donald Trump—well, I'm not going to say Donald Trump's—Republican poll watchers were required to stand three— um, excuse me, 30 to 100 feet away, which would basically mean they couldn't see the ballots, which is their job. They're observers, um, a meaningful observer. So if they're not being able to meaningful observe what's coming in and out of the, of the counter's hand, what is the point of them being there? Um, and they also have a right to be there. It's constitutional law that they were required to be there. Well, I mean, there was vast numbers of poll watchers not being allowed to go in and view the ballots, not being able to watch them count the ballots, which is a violation of constitutional law, which, in my opinion, also would deem those ballots ineligible for count. You would have to deduct those from the total. And what are those? Majority of Joe Biden's ballots. We're seeing a trend here where a lot of sticky situations in Pennsylvania and other key states, I might add, are leaning towards Biden's getting the better hand out of the fraud, corruption, ignorance, whatever you want to claim. Um, Biden's obviously getting the better end of this deal. and if there is no fraud, if it's all just smoke and mirrors, fine, we'll deal with it. But it, it, def- it is definitely not looking that way. Here is Kaylee McEnany destroying the media on some of these voter fraud uh, questions that they're not asking. Um, the media is not asking the questions. The Trump campaign's having to do it. And then the media is judging the Trump campaign, saying they're not accepting the results of the election. Well, why should they? Re- 
accept the results of the election when the results of the election are up for question. So here's that clip. Let me say one final thing. There were 682,479 ballots counted in Philadelphia, in Allegheny County, that there were no poll, poll watchers allowed to watch. It's the job of the media to ask the question why, because all we are asking for is truth, transparency, and sunlight here. That is all we are asking for. And sadly, we are asking the questions many of you should. Also, on other news, according to reports, weapons of mass destructions George Bush and sellout Romney have congratulated Biden without supporting any of the fraudulent claims, which at this point they have legal grounds. Like they're going to court, they're winning court cases. But a lot of these center to left Republicans, they're not acknowledging it. They want to play ball with Biden because he'll be an easier man to deal with than Donald Trump will be. He's not going to hold their feet to the fire. Nowhere near the amount of Donald Trump will be. Uh, and one of those senators that luckily from my home state, Lindsey Graham, there's a lot there's a lot to desire with Lindsey Graham, but I got to give him this. He does stand up for Donald Trump, or has at least in the past year or two. Um, he's on CNN, and of course they're ridiculing him on CNN. Actually, he wasn't on CNN. They were playing a clip of Lindsey Graham. He was on Fox News. And, of course, they were ridiculing Lindsey Graham for believing in the fraudulent claims, or not fraudulent claims, the voter fraud claims from the Trump campaign. Of course, he's defending the Trump campaign because why not? Because you can anybody with eyes and ears can noticeably see that something's wrong in all these battleground states where somehow Biden has these narrow margins and all these narrow margins came from an uptick of votes that were counted somewhere in the dead of the night. So something doesn't add up here. And a lot of the votes were counted in the dead of the night when Republican poll watchers were told they were done. They were going home for the night. And then Republican poll watchers would come back an hour later and they were still there counting votes. If you don't see something fishy, I don't know what what you're looking at. And also, I'd like to add on a point where they bring up Lindsey Graham's past praises of Joe Biden, where he has called Joe Biden uh-uh, a respectable man and um, saying if you can't get along with Joe Biden, I think, or respect him as a man or human being, one, to where something's wrong with you. And I just like to I just like to point this out. That has nothing, nothing to do with the allegations of voter fraud. Just because the voter fraud goes in Joe Biden's favor doesn't mean Joe Biden may have anything to do with it. I mean he is obviously just a puppet at this point. I think it's pretty obvious of Kamala Harris and the Democratic Party, uh well the far left Democratic Party. Um at this point, if you think Joe Biden is in the control of anything, you're just naive. And I, I, I honestly hope you can see something, or something proves me right, and you wrong in the past couple in the next couple weeks, because it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Biden has a way with words. You you can say. Um, it's it's definitely not a good way. It's definitely a way where um <laughs> he I don't even know if he has a way with words. He just has a way with things that come out of his mouth and he don't really know what they are. Um meta healthcare um that I mean he think that's a fundamental right. I mean I agree with him. That that is a fundamental right. Meta healthcare um that's absolutely a fundamental right for every American and should be. I think that's pretty a pretty good point he makes on that one, um, but uh, on the serious side, he missteps vocally anytime he gets on the stage and is left out there alone with no life preserve, no teleprompter. I don't even know if he's taken or done a speech where he has no teleprompter, 
no earpiece, no help whatsoever. I want Joe Biden to be put in that situation to where he has to talk without being told what to say. He has to answer a question without deflecting, denying to answer, or being told what to answer. I think that is a legitimate thing to request from a hopeful president-elect. At this point, it's pretty up in the air if Donald Trump won or if Biden won. My my eyes are leaning towards Trump with the court cases and a lot of the a lot of the allegations coming up to be proven right. Um, I think a lot more be proven right. I think a lot of the votes are gonna flip with all of these court cases going Trump's way in the future, which I predict. Um, but you you gotta want that out of a president. I mean, if he's gonna be talking to foreign leaders, if he gets up there to, with Vladimir Putin. And gets to speaking gibberish, and Vladimir Putin says whatever, and Joe Biden says, "Yeah, man, yeah, come on, come on, man." Wait, I, I don't. I, he's gonna have to have something if he gets in office. Something's gonna have to change with Joe Biden. Somebody's gonna have to do his bidding for him, or something, because he just can't. He just can't handle it as a man or a president. And I believe that's the first time we've ever said that about a president where he can't handle the job before he goes in office and if he was elected legitimately. Um, I think we all know Kamala Harris will be will be the 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 head the head honcho at that table. Um there's there's not a doubt in my mind that Kamala Harris won't try to sway Joe Biden or anything. Joe Biden is a is a meaningless puppet at this point. He he's dead weight to Kamala Harris. I wouldn't be I wouldn't doubt it if Joe Biden steps down or he is removed for health reasons in the next year or two. Because four years that's a long time it looks like for Joe Biden. He's declined a sh- a lot in four years. Yeah, four years ago Joe Biden looked he looked decent I guess for an older man coming out of a vice presidency um for of eight years go on, retire. No, definitely didn't see him coming back four years later and running as a president with all these gags and stuff we got going of him. Here's a short clip of Joe Biden. Enjoy it. Have you taken a cognitive No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are you a junkie? By the way, it's my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this guy. No, you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched on me. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. There is not a single solitary reason in the world why, why, as I said, we shouldn't be in a position that everybody... And that's my wife, Jill. Hey, Jilly. I'm Jill's husband, actually. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, you see how things have changed? Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the you know the thing. Because if you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure and help take care of running a you know a department store uh, thing. You know where. Alrighty, um, yeah, and that's just a that's just a short clip of all we could fit in this short little span of time we wanted to give to you um, of the Joe Biden gaffes. There's hundreds. Um, not all of them are gaffes. Some of them are just misspeaks to where you don't even you don't even know what he's meaning, um, or they're slurs of his words, or there's stuff you're just like, what? And and there's also stuff to where he doesn't pick a side. He doesn't definitively defend an issue. He flip flops. It feels like to whatever audience is in his presence. If one audience in Pennsylvania is in his presence, well, I, I, I'm for fracking. If he's in New York 
with a very liberal type audience. I'm against fracking. I support the Green New Deal, this, that, and the other. It's like his 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 policies switch to whatever audience he's in. And to this day, I don't know if he's for fracking or against it. I don't know if he's for the Green Deal or against it. I don't know if he's for packing the court or against it. For statehood of D.C. and Puerto Rico or against it. I have no clue. He was never asked a lot of those questions by the media or at least enough to make him answer it, to force him to answer it. On top of questions he wasn't asked, Hunter Biden, what's that situation? What's going on with Hunter Biden and your son? uh, Sorry, Hunter Biden is your son. What's going on with your son and your brother? What's going on with you? Where who's the big guy? Who where's this money going to that looks like it could be going to you, Joe? Why have you not spoke on it? Why has the media not asked him any of these questions? I think it's a very legitimate concern to where the media attacks one candidate twenty four seven for four years with their only mission to be getting him out of office. And then you let a candidate like Joe Biden, possibly the weakest candidate to ever run for president. We're not going to ask him a single difficult question. The most difficult question he was probably asked on out, out of the debate stage was, what flavor ice cream are you eating, Joe? Mr. Vice President, what, fa- what flavor of ice cream is in that ice cream cone? No, I think it's still lying. What? Sure, we'll stick to it. Sounds great. Kamala Harris will be the President of the United States. Whether you think that or not, I'm, I'm calling it right here. You can take it to the bank. It will not be Joe Biden. It may be Joe Biden for a year. Six months to a year. After that, Joe Biden won't handle it. It'll be Kamala. Whether it be official or not, Kamala will be the President of the United States. So, in that in that span, I think we got to bring up some of Kamala Harris's past ridiculements of Joe Biden. Of the man she serves under. Her ridiculements of the man she serves under. Which is Joe Biden. She is Joe Biden's Vice President nominee. It's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. She has called, or excuse me, hadn't called directly insinuated Joe has done racist things, which is very known. Um, He has said racist things. And she has also said we should hear out Joe's sexual assault allegations. We should hear out the victim of his sexual assault allegations. Where did all the where did all the concern go, Kamala, when when he asked you to be the vice president? Where did all the concern go? Was it is it possible you're just power hungry and you don't quite care what it takes to get that power? I think that's the number one answer. I think that's the answer with the highest probability of being correct. But I don't know. All right, and that about sums up what I think on that situation with Kamala serving under Joe Biden. I think it's pretty obvious what her desires are and what his desires were with having a woman, person of color, serving under him as vice president. I think that's very clear what he desired. He even said that's what he wanted. He didn't want anyone else other than a um, person of color woman as his vice president. He said that openly. All right, and another piece of news I want to get to here is some recent news. Trump has fired Mark Esper and hired Chris Miller as uh, acting defense secretary. Um, he fired, it's rumored he fired 
Esper because he tried to cut funding to a military newspaper, um, which Trump declined to do, or Trump um, was against, obviously. And he he was a key player in trying to change names of military bases that represented Confederate soldiers, um, which also Trump opposed. Um, there's no real clear answer why he was fired other than those assumptions. Um, but Trump has instilled faith in Chris Miller, which will be the acting defense secretary until the election is settled out. Um, and also, I want to give you up-to-date numbers on the battleground states difference in the uh, Biden versus Trump votes right now. Uh, all these states, I might add, all these battleground states, which I'm about to list off, all these states have signed affidavits from poll observers or voters claiming fraud. Every state. I think that is a uh, as a very big deal when you have signed affidavits claiming fraud from every battleground state, and it's not it's not just one or two people claiming it; it's uh, multiple hundreds, I believe. Um, here we go. Uh, and also, I'd like to add the Trump campaign has filed lawsuits in all these states, uh, which is Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona, and I believe. Michigan. I believe Michigan has a lawsuit as well. And Nevada, I might add. Uh but I didn't I didn't I didn't get the difference for those just because I do not I do I me personally I don't see the votes flipping a possibility. These are the closest states that there are. These are all the states within a point, um, within a percentage of Trump or Biden leading Trump. So we have Pennsylvania, the difference is is forty five thousand four hundred votes or point seven percent. And this was as of 6 o'clock on Monday night. Wisconsin has a difference of 20,539.6% is that difference in the vote. Georgia's difference is around 11,000 or 0.2% because those votes are fluctuating right now. Arizona has a 17,000 estimated difference at, or 0.5% of the vote and tightening for Trump. So Trump is closing that gap, but it's rapidly changing. So that's why I said 17,000 estimated. So, and every one of these states, like I said earlier, is that narrow and all favored Biden, which on election night, they all favored Trump massively. Massive gains. But then at 3.30, or 4.30 in the morning, every state flipped, almost. Except, uh, sorry, not every state. Pennsylvania, not Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, flipped. And also the Arizona thing, where they called Arizona while people were in the line, which is a massive misstep by Fox. They beat the AP, which, <laughs> Fox, what are you doing? <laughs> you lost the trust of hundreds of thousands of your viewers just with that call um so i think you have a very high influx of people moving over from fox news which are is mainly conservatives onto new media which is not very new it's here to stay and it's been here for a while so pennsylvania like i said and arizona are the main key states here Georgia, Trump believes there is a good chance of flipping Georgia based on the lawsuits. Based, I'm not 100% positive that the military ballots have been counted yet. I'll have to look that up for our next uh, podcast here. But, there's a very good chance of flipping Arizona because it's still tightening. And Pennsylvania, a lot of lawsuits. Pennsylvania is the most fraudulent state probably as of now that we know of with all of the voter fraud in Philadelphia all the possible fraud from the lack of poll observers on the Republican side from the governor changing the rules 
a day before the election, which is unheard of, and without the approval of the state legislature, which is unconstitutional. I might add, so that most likely invalidates those votes. So, if the left wants to get mad at anyone for those votes being invalidated, if indeed they do get invalidated, it is on their governor. And every one of these states, somehow, Joe Biden got enough votes just to squeak out with a win. Just to squeak out with a win in every state. Every state's under a percent. And this is, this is every state Trump has, was winning by huge margins. Huge. Huge. Huge margins. They were huge. Election night. So what happened? You might ask. Well, that's the very same questions millions of people are on the Trump side, on the right. Even Trump himself asking, what happened? What happened? To Pennsylvania. He was up 800,000 votes on election night. Sorry, fact check. 700,000. Sometimes around there. Don't fact check me on that. It was, it, it was very close to that number. If not that. Or if, if not above. He was up 700,000. But somehow, at Friday, Joe Biden comes in, squeaks out with 45,000 plus. Or 0.7%. Somehow squeaked out with a win. Wisconsin. We all went to bed. Poll counter said they were done for the night. Sent the Republican observers home. Somewhere around 4.30 in the morning. Same thing happened in Michigan. Said they were done. Sent poll observers home in Detroit. Said they were done. Both of these states at 4.30 in the morning. Joe Biden takes the lead. Just just at 4.30 in the morning, they just found 100,000-something votes in Michigan. They just found thousands of votes to put it over the edge in Wisconsin. Georgia, after taking four days to count the vote, Joe Biden squeaks in with a victory. And it took those Democrat counties four days to count those votes because they had a Waterline break? A waterline? Delayed you four days? Come on. And then, by the end of it, Trump was still ahead. But then again, 10,000 votes, or 15,000 votes, excuse me, come in from Savannah. Because you know, Stacey Abrams found them in Savannah. 15,000 votes comes in from Savannah. They find them. Magically, Biden goes up with the lead. Arizona, they call Arizona. Quick. Biden, Trump's closing that lead. Biden might still lose Arizona legitimately. Nevada. (laughs) Are we even even counting Nevada as a state at this point? Do their elections even matter? I mean, they're still counting. And they said it may take them another week to count. I don't even know if they know how to count at this point. I mean, when, when when we're at 20, are they at 2? I mean, what is going on here? Like, did their education system fail that bad, or is something more seriously at stake here? Makes you wonder why it's taking that long for them to vote. Or count the votes, excuse me, not vote. <laughs> of course. But that's enough on the voter fraud and the state's differentials. Um... We'll, we'll see what happens with the with the lawsuits and all. We'll see if the, some states can flip and it be going Donald Trump's favor. Uh, but I think with this election, you have to you have to take all the interference, all the fraud, and I think the biggest interference in this election, of course, you might have guessed it, social media and mainstream media. Despite their their death, despite them dying. They still have a huge sway on the American public. They still have a huge, they still have a huge, I don't even know what you call it, that people who trust them for some odd reason, and it's, and it's millions of people. I guess we know what side those millions of people vote on, of course. Um, but you have a lot of conservatives still listening to Fox News 
which they have been duped in. I, I, I listened to Steven Crowder's podcast today, or not podcast, uh, live show, Mug Club in the morning. You should give it a listen if not, if you haven't heard it yet. Um, and he basically pointed out a lot of the stuff Fox is doing is very, very toward the left. And I seen a clip today where it's Neil Cavuto cut off Kaylee McEnany's uh, press conference because he said she was saying some uh, dangerous stuff and they'd go back if they could validate her claims. For a media organization, that's dangerous. As a, as a media organization where people trust you to tell them the truth, to tell them the news, that's dangerous. When you're lying, when you're not allowing them to hear the truth that needs to be heard, you're telling them your truth. You're telling them what you want them to believe, what you want them to think. And I think that's where America has gone wrong. We've put way too much faith in the media. And it has really biting, bitten us. Sorry, biting. Thinking of, thinking of Biden over here. But even more than mainstream media, social media has claimed its hand in this election. Has It, it definitely had a hand in this election. And it, of course, it tilted the scale towards Biden. Because Silicon Valley is nothing but huge multi-billionaire Democrat donors. All they are. Jeff Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, and the other slime over there at YouTube and Google, they do nothing but censor the right. Meanwhile, the left threatens violence. You, I mean, four years ago, you had Kathy Griffin holding up a decapitated Donald Trump's head. Why was I allowed to see that picture anywhere? Why was I allowed to see the picture anywhere? But I'm not allowed to see the Hunter Biden laptop story. I'm not allowed to hear Kaylee McEnany speak on voter fraud. Because it's not proven. But you allow a woman to talk and threaten the United States of the President like Madonna to blow up the White House. She has said, on an open mic, I believe she was in front of the White House. You have Snoop Dogg mocking, shooting the President of the United States, Donald Trump, in the back of the head as he was dressed up like a clown. These things, under normal circumstances, would not stand. But since it's Donald Trump, and we hate Donald Trump, says the media and the social media, we don't care. We'll let you do it. In fact, we invite you to do it. We praise that kind of behavior. We welcome it. We love it. That's the dangerous part of, of social media. When you have people being persecuted by the left for their point of views, there has been Trump supporters beaten, countless beaten. The bite lock. Um, can't remember the name they called him. The bite lock beater, I'll just call him. <laughs> the bite lock beater sent a man to the hospital. You had a man shot to death. And I believe Portland. Because it was a Trump supporter. Hey, we got a Trump supporter over here. Pow, pow. Shot in the head dead. You know why? Because he was a Trump supporter. Nothing else. You had a man's business be attacked, and when he reciprocated that attack, you try to put him in jail. You're telling one side, the McCloskeys, I believe, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, all they did was stand on their little, uh, their little patio or whatever it is, and look at the Black Lives Matter rioters come through their through their gate, their neighborhood's gate, and all they did was commit bad trigger discipline, not a crime. They committed bad trigger discipline, not a crime. 
you see partisan DAs and partisan government officials which claim to be bipartisan and non-biased putting the law in in places where it doesn't deserve and then you have people who overreach with the law and attack Trump supporters simply because they're either defending themselves or they're reciprocating an attack that was made on them. They're just getting they're just getting back what they were given. So if you hit me in the face, I'm hitting you back. So defending yourself. The McCloskey, all they did was hold a gun on their front porch. Front yard, whatever you want to call it. Not a crime, but you know, they were charged with unlawful uh display of a firearm, I believe. Didn't realize that was a thing on your own property. Um but of course the St. Louis DA. <laughs> partisan hat. She don't, she don't give two craps about the law. She just sees Black Lives Matter supporters got pissed off because a gun was pointed at them when, you know, God forbid they do something wrong and a gun's pointed at them. We can't have that. We can't people call it. We can't have people calling them out. Can't have that. So let's arrest these people who dare defend themselves, who dare even pose as a threat to the Black Lives Matter supporters that were unlawfully trespassing and broke down a gate. How dare they do that? And I think AOC even even goes further than than the dangerous rhetoric of the media, of social media, of overreaching DAs who just want to benefit one side, who don't care about the law. Um, as many of you know, AOC has made a list and checking it twice is going to make sure all them Trump supporters are being naughty, not nice. She's going to put every Trump supporter on a list, basically. Or people who have supported Trump, they're going to be put on a list so we can revisit them. We can revisit them and make sure they know that we know that they're Trump supporters and we remember that. So, I don't know if she knows this, but that's how authoritarian states begin. They separate people who don't like them and blacklist them. We have seen this in early stages with cancel cultures and the careless use of derogatory terms like racist and homophobic, transphobic, Islamophobic. Everybody's all these negative things, all these negative things, so we can't have that. We can't be all these, we can't have all these people who think all this bad stuff. At least that's what she tells you. Because you're naive enough to believe it. The people on the left are. So let me close out with this. The left likes to portray Donald Trump supporters as these evil, racist, fascists who just need to be exiled, who just need to be thrown in their little corner, never heard from again. And that's how they would like it if they could have their way. But that's not how they're going to have it. Because Donald Trump has awakened something. He has awakened something in all of us. He's opened our eyes, like I said in the intro of this podcast. He opened my eyes four years ago. Well, probably was five years ago when he started his campaign. He opened my eyes to see, to show me, if someone hates someone that much, they will not stop at any point to see them fail or to see them destroyed. And I think Donald Trump is the embodiment of that statement. The people in power will not stop at any cost. They, I think they've proven they will spend hundreds of millions of dollars to stop Donald Trump. They will lie 
to stop Donald Trump. That's the easiest one they'll do. They will create violence to stop Donald Trump. They will deem people as racist, homophobic, transphobic, all the phobics to stop Donald Trump. But the people need to realize that support that rhetoric is that they're not doing it to stop Donald Trump. They're doing it to stop you. They're doing it to stop me. They're doing it to stop all of us. Because anyone who poses a threat to their power is a threat to them. Therefore, they have to neutralize that threat. Whether it be destroying someone's life or getting them out of office. So if, if, if anyone on the left is listening to this, if you think for one second that the roles cannot be reversed, or even not reverse, because people on the right would never do that. Because we love freedom. We love, hey, you do you, we, I do me. I have my views. You have your views. Let's stick to it. We don't have to fight. We don't have to kill each other over it. We don't have to beat up each other. We don't have to do anything about it. All we have to do is have logical, meaningful debate. That's all anybody asks. But the left will eventually eat itself. because. A party that has one enemy right now, well, when that enemy's gone, where are they going to turn to next? What's threatening them then? It's going to be within their own party, within their own side. And we're already seeing this with a lot of Hollywood people. They're eating themselves from within. The Democrat Party is eating itself from within. You're the reason we didn't get more votes. We, you're the reason we lost House of Representative uh, officials. No, you're the reason. No, you're the reason. How about you're all the reason, and maybe people like you are the reason that no one wants to vote for Democrats anymore. Maybe people are finally saying, hey, I want to think for myself. I don't want to have a government official tell me what to think, or CNN tell me what to think, or this, that, and the other. So I want to close out with this. I know I said this before, I, have, I, have, I actually have one more piece of news um, that I thought was groundbreaking, so I wanted to include it on here. Um, <clears throat> and I, I couldn't touch on it without, of course, because COVID has been this basically whole year. Uh, that's all we've heard about uh, outside of Trump. Um, and a lot of them have been Trump intertwined. So Trump not doing good enough on COVID, blah, 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 when, whatever. Uh, but I wanted to include this. New York governor says a COVID vaccine is bad news. It says it came during the Trump administration. So it's bad news since it came from since it came in during the Trump administration. So what he's saying, in my opinion, is he wants the Democrats to get the credit. If it had came when Biden was in office, that'd been all well and fine. But of course it didn't, so he's mad. Um and he's actually saying he wants the the distribution of, of the vaccine to wait until Biden gets into office. He actually went to say that. You know, if this, if this virus is as deadly as you say it is, why would, you ex why would you want people to wait? He's saying because Trump doesn't know how to distribute that and he's worried about it. Well, no matter how you distribute it, it's going to get distributed. So why not start the process early? Your point makes no sense. No sense. Even if you did a job half wrong, but some of it got done and you waited. Hold on. If you did, sorry, I'm mixing myself up. If you waited to do a job, let's say a month, because you were scared of getting it wrong, you've there put your results back a month. That's a month you're losing which in this case is lives, as they like to say. Everything's lives. So he's basically saying, I'm willing to risk lives to make sure Biden gets to do it when he's in office. So why would you not want Trump to do it? No matter how it's distributed, it's going to get distributed somehow under Trump, whether it be 100 people a day get it, 
It's better than no people a day getting it under your plan. So your point is just invalid. It makes no sense. From any standpoint, it makes no sense. And I listened to what he said. This is what he said. This was how he defended it. So that tells me the Democrats don't give one damn about the American people and have it since they've been blinded by their hatred for Trump. If that wasn't already obvious, it definitely is with that statement. This is how they act when the vaccine can save someone's life. Possibly. And Democrats like Cuomo want to delay its distribution until Biden gets in office. Cuomo is a partisan hack who cares about himself and his allegiance to a party. Cuomo does not care about his constituents because if he did, he would say, Donald Trump, I do not agree with one thing you stand for or one thing you have done, but we want the vaccine. We want the vaccine as soon as possible. I don't care how you get it to me. I don't care how you do it. We need it. We need it now. Numbers are spiking, and we want it now. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we should get it when Biden gets in office. If that's not a, just a foghorn to his constituents to show what he really puts first while he's in office, I don't know what is. So I wanted to close out with that because I thought it was a very keen issue and represents the Democrat Party very well. If it's negative for Trump, it benefits them. No matter if what they want, if, it, if they can hurt Trump, they don't care if it hurts the American people. Same with the stimulus bill. Same with the COVID vaccine from Cuomo. He also said he's working with multiple governors. That tells me multiple, most likely Democrat governors, are agreeing with him. So I wanted to put that out there before I go. It's been 51 minutes. I want to appreciate y'all for listening. And I want to close this out with a little monologue. So if Trump did indeed lose legitimately, he has said he will concede and transfer power. But that's not the end for Trump. Trump has started a movement inside the Republican Party that has energized more people since Reagan. And maybe more than Reagan. President Trump may lose this election, but he opened America's eyes to the corruption of the media, the Democrat Party's corruption, and who really rules and has the most powerful voice in America, the ultra-elites, which are mega-billion-dollar donors to the Democrat Party. They will do anything to stay in power, and only the American people can deny them that for which they seek. Thank you for listening, and have a great night, and look forward to seeing you next week.